This week, Against All Logic Wrestling is still happening. We'll cover today's latest reminder that maybe we shouldn't be doing wrestling right now, and then get into this week's Dynamite because no one is listening to that idea. Problem is, they're about to be forced to do so, so we'll see what happens. All this and more tonight on Hugh Alternative. Welcome to episode 24 of Heel Alternative, Pro Wrestling.cool's Posse Podcast, where we cover AEW and the wide world of professional wrestling outside of Vince's purview. Heck of a show for y'all. I mean, look, the world's still a vampire, and so are we, uh, as we've discussed time and time again here. But, you know, we're just going to keep going with this until someone finally decides to pull the plug on wrestling, as they really should do. Uh, yeah, and we're not going to do some dumbass April Fool's Day shit like we had kind of been having ideas for, because, you know what? Nobody has the energy for this right now. Nobody wants to deal with this right now. My co-hosts are trying to speak, and it's not working, because they don't seem to understand that they're muted. So, let me unmute them and hit this button to make them appear. Joining me, as always, we have Oscar Bernard. Hey, John has gone. And Trace Evans. Hey, John. We're still here. Okay, Oscar. What have you been trying to say all this time? I was just saying we read the room, and we're not doing an April Fool's bit. Yeah. But you are doing another terrible bit, Oscar, which is, before we get into the show here... Don't... What else have you read about Kid Rock and his political career? God damn it! On March 29, 2020... Kid Rock released his first single under the name DJ Bobby Shazam, entitled Quarantine. Fucking excuse me? He did what on Sunday? That is the Lord's Day, I'll have you know. He's released a new old school hip hop song under the name DJ Bobby Shazam. What? His whole it's... old school DJ thing was what he did when he started his damn career. It's just DJ Kid Rock. God it, damn it's it, Bobby man. Shazam now. Ah, oh, I hate this. I Can we just eject that man from the earth? I have a question that's completely unrelated to this. Please, please, no. For some reason. Bring it on. I wonder what Bobby Schmurt is doing right now. <laughs> okay, that's not where I wanted to go, and god damn it. I mean, he's probably just still in fucking prison on Rikers or wherever he is. I bet he is. I bet he's having a hell of a time with all the disease that's going around the prisons right now. Free Bobby Schmurda. Now more than ever. There are two separate headers on Kid Rock's Wikipedia page titled Controversies. Yeah, there are. Are any of them about how he wants to free Bobby Schmurda? No, it's about how... It's about how, in 2015, he continued to say, No, I'm going to use the Confederate flag. Tell the people protesting me to kiss my ass. He said this in an open letter to Megyn Kelly. Yeah, he sure did. Okay, 
I don't want to talk about Kid Rock anymore. Yeah, can we just as and Trace definitely doesn't want to talk about Bobby Shmurda, <laughs> but I'm gonna call a comp for a compromise here. Let's instead talk about the Bobby Shmurda of professional wrestling. Okay, yeah, yeah, a true and utter hot boy. I'm of course talking about. Okay, I didn't watch it yet because I'm still a week behind. I did see, I, I did see the the two parter though, the the Benoit episode, and yeah, everything you said last week, fucking dead on. Holy shit, that that was heartbreaking. I cried a lot during that, and mm-hmm. also, uh, fuck yeah, no, this is like, I feel like this has said everything that needs to be said about fucking Chris Benoit, and yeah, yeah. we don't need to talk about this anymore. Mm-hmm. I do have keep debating one this. thing to say about the episode, which um kind of confirms something I was saying last week. A word. Um, remember how I was speculating that, hey, oh, maybe yeah. the reason they couldn't do this last year is because all these guys were under WWE contracts? I do remember this, yes. Yeah, that's totally the reason they couldn't do it last year is WWE's like, no, we're not going to let our people go on Dark Side of the Ring. Well, we had that confirmed this week because uh, the one person they needed from WWE to talk about um, a certain subject in particular wasn't there. So, do they address that on the show itself? That he, he couldn't talk about it? And no, they just on? everybody yeah. else just talks about him. Okay, I mean, that makes sense. But, yeah, Dark Side of the Ring this week. The life and crimes of New Jack. Jack, Jack, Jack. It allows shit. us to, at long last, journey into the mind of a maniac. I hear he was doomed to be a killer since he came out the nutsack. Uh, it, we are, of course, referring to the one and only New Jack. Literally said the life of Christ. Yeah, he, he did say that. But... Yeah, well, I had a fucking intro prepared and we didn't get to do it. Okay, fair. This was probably the wackiest episode I've seen thus far of Dark Side of the Ring. Yeah, it, it was a lot funnier than I was expecting it to be, considering... Yeah. They were talking about some pretty fucked up shit. It was some yeah. dark ass shit, and yet, like, I mean, they they talked about mass transit in pretty hefty detail. They talked about uh, what is it, Hunter Red, in yeah. detail, which led to probably the best moment of the entire episode. But also, and, uh, they talked about Vic Grimes a lot too. Oh, Vic Grimes, yeah. Unfortunately, because I couldn't for some reason load the Vice TV stream of this um, and watch it, it was glitching out in my browser. I went to ulterior sources and it cut over the, the grime stuff for the most part, other than like the launching off the balcony part, which um, uh, the, the launching off the, stuff. the, um, what is it? Not, not the balcony, but the one match where he finished it. I'll be honest, seeing the big grime stuff, it kind of makes you feel like, I don't know, you know, Hey, maybe everybody was just shitty in this. I don't, I can't blame you, Jack. Completely. So the, there's two moments that really stick out to me in this, and we've already discussed one off the air, but the first one that stuck out to me was when they told Sandman what New Jack's rationale for wanting to fuck up Mass Transit was. And you, yeah. and Sandman's reaction was, oh, that was it? Shit! Okay, I get it now. <laughs> <laughs> and just, like, busting out laughing, and it was like, it was the most sandman as fuck moment. Like, he comes out looking like a goddamn hilarious dude in this. Um, and then... There are... Mm-hmm. Gone. There are... Sounds like you're saying New Jack was right all along. I mean, no, you know, but hey, did New Jack go too far? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did New Jack? Did New Jack maybe have? You know, was Eric Kulas maybe kind of 
being a little bit of an asshole and a dumb moron? Absolutely. It's fucked in so many ways, and basically it's like, yeah, you know, the business then was kind of entirely fucked, and everybody was kind of doing this, and New Jack was kind of at the centerpiece of a lot of it. I'll be honest, the person that I blame the most for a lot of this is fucking Paul Heyman, for just being like, yeah, this is what ECW is, fuck yeah! Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And they obviously couldn't bring him on, but everybody talked about him and how good he was at selling this shit. There are two people I wish they would have spoken to. Yeah. Since, you know, obviously discounting Paul Heyman because we knew that wasn't going to happen. Right. Um, I would have liked to have maybe heard from Devon Dudley just because he was the other guy in that fucking tag match in the mass transit match. Also employed by WWE right now as an agent, so can't happen. Oh, yep. right, he is. happen. I forgot, only fucking Bubba was. Yep. He's backstage, baby. Yep, Bubba and, is uh, ROH. And I would have liked to have maybe heard from Joey Styles. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't ask Joey Styles. He's—I mean, it's not like it's not like he has a good relationship with WWE right now. No, I don't know if he's a good relationship with anybody right now. Um, oh my God. They did mention that they tried that they did ask uh, Eric Kulas, Mass Transit's family, and they were just like it was too traumatic for them to revisit, so they didn't want to do it. Yeah, which nobody will blame for. That's what their rationale's yeah. been for like the last uh, fifteen years. Yeah, fair enough. And but the other moment that really stuck with me, and this is one that we all talked about, like the moment of the episode was showing the Hunter Red moment, where it's way more blatant than even Mass Transit, where he's just flat out like shanking this dude as part yeah. of the match. And so, and I'll spoil this for you, but you see it in person, you, you see it in the episode, you'll understand just how good this is. They show Devo Brown looking at it since he was originally part of the Gangstas. Um, I had no idea D'Lo was part of the gangsters either. Me neither, but they showed him. D'Lo's a stand-up guy. He's a good dude. Probably the one good guy out of that whole group. And he looks at this whole video and he's like, Oh my god, this is terrible. This is all he's doing. Oh shit, no, no. And then they show it to Cornette. They cut right to Cornette watching and he's like, Oh, he's really fucking that dude up. Oh, wow. That's, yeah, that's, uh, that's New Jack really fucking that up. Wow, holy crap. That's the business. And then I just love that he's laughing. He's like, yeah, yeah. this is going to yeah. look really bad. This gives wrestling a really bad name. Yeah, he's just laughing it off. While Deal is just like morose, like, oh, shit, this is bad. And Cornette's I, like, this is bad. I will be honest, the most Cornette moment imaginable. It really is. Holy shit. Cornette. Again, Cornette as was... I said to y'all, the only thing that could have made this more of a Jim Cornette moment is if he then went on a diatribe about fucking... Riho being Kenny Omega's sex slave or something. <laughs> Cornette was fucking great in this episode, I'm not gonna lie. Once again, Cornette has taken credit for the creation of somebody. I mean, I mean, in fairness, he basically did. Yeah, in fairness, yeah. this is actually one case where he totally did. You know, hey, I... I laughed a lot at a lot of those Smoky Mountain Wrestling bits where... Yeah. Like, just fucking New Jack's first promo, where he's just like, I want to thank O.J. Simpson. That's two less we got to deal with. <laughs> he <had> some- <laughs> Look, the promos they show all throughout, and them talking through how they did some of that stuff, is fucking incredible. Like, New Jack went off the deep end and then some, and he knew the crowd he's working were a bunch of racist hillbilly types. Yeah, I'll be honest, I have no problem with going way too far against fucking racist people in the South. Fuck them. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. I'm fine with them getting work into a shoot. Yep, absolutely. And that's what happened. It was uh, actually kind of delightful. So it's like, after all that and seeing what he did and what he went through, yeah, of course some of the shit New Jack did was bad, but also he's kind of a deserved legend. That I, I will say I also appreciate that they basically made a documentary version of uh, the Rick James Charlie Murphy sketch. Where I mean, New Jack is just like, yeah, cocaine's a hell of a drug. I don't know if it goes quite that far, but I get it. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, his excuse for a lot of stuff was, I don't know, I was high as shit, I did a lot of cocaine. What do you yeah, expect? I mean, there's, Look, there's a lot of stories that start with like... New Jack wrong? <laughs> I mean, it's not it, it, wrong. Yeah, it's a case where it's like, a lot of the stories go like, yeah, he did this to me, so, you know, right before the match, I, uh, I snorted a bunch of coke, take, drank some vodka, and I just went out there. It's like, yeah, you did. Damn right, New Jack. It's a good episode. It's like yeah, I'm very ex- I'm very excited to watch this in a couple days. And yeah, we have said a few moments, but when you see them in person, you will understand. Yeah, like again, Cornette was great during this. Mm-hmm. The Sandman was Cornette doing the thing that he does well, which is talk about shit that happened already and not shit currently happening. I can't yeah. believe how much I like the Sandman now. I mean. I'll be real, when I was in Philly and Owen took me to the ECW arena, I met the Sandman. He was a fucking carny and he was great. Mm-hmm. That's it's was, just all he is. I was wearing a Sandman t-shirt and in the middle of uh, the middle of the show, I went to go buy some beer. And Sandman just comes up to me, he's like, hey, I'll sign your shirt for 20 bucks. And I'm like, and I'm like, I was going to buy beer and he's like, that's better use of your money, but give it to me. Ah, <laughs> oh, fucking. Sad. I'm paraphrasing, obviously. No, I know, like, but I mean that sounds like something like that's that's carnage. I'm into it though. Yeah, I, that's and awesome. Hey, and hey, I got a picture where the Sandman is holding his kendo stick and giving me the finger. Nice. Again, as you do when you're it, Sandman. It's the best photo I took in Philly. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I'm excited to watch that. Dark Side of the Ring. It sounds like everybody out there should, too. Yeah, absolutely. This is, like, it's no Chris Benoit episode, but then again, what the fuck is going to be after that? It's just... I'll be honest, though. It's a good cleanser. I I fucking needed this episode after Chris Benoit. Yeah, absolutely. This is, like, this one just... Given what it's covering, it feels very lighthearted. Because, you know, yeah, we've got Brawl for All coming up, but then we've got fucking (sighs) Jimmy Snooker... Right after Owen Hart's coming up soon, like oh boy, it's the fucking Road Warriors. That's gonna be a happy one. I I wonder who they even talk to about the Owen shit. Brett, yeah, that it's gotta be. Yeah, I assume Brett's gonna be involved because he was involved last season. They've also been interviewing Martha. Whoa, really? That's really they were able to get her. Yeah, that's like they interviewed Martha. Oh my god. That's a must-see, because holy shit, that whole side of the family's apparently been off the deep end. Ever since it happened. Again, I am... Prediction for season three, if we're gonna get one heart episode per season, you know what they have to do. Uh, Only if they interview us. (laughs) As the experts on Teddy Hart. What, you mean they're not going to cover Teddy Cast Countdown to Prison. It's still coming, I swear. Viceland presents Teddy Cast Countdown to Prison. 
the grand finale to season three. But what's Riho doing in this pizzeria? Oh, god damn it! I, I'll be honest. Give it a give it not not for next year, but give it a few years, and I bet you, like you could actually maybe get a really interesting episode on the Golden Lovers being queer bait and. I'm yeah, potentially. I think that one you could get a story out of that, but I feel like twenty years from now you get an even better one out of that. Oh, I That's know, but just like true. you know, if you if you if you want to do the, at what point does it go too far? Is like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just, I I look, I want to see them start to do some Japan and Mexico shit because I want the Gold Dust episode. Yes. Yes. That I actually want that way more. Like, there's the other show they have, the wrestlers or whatever it is. I think they could cover the Golden Lovers there, and their history and that sort of like foreigners in Japan and work on that more if they ever want to bring that back. But Dark Side of the Ring, something like Gold Dust, like bring in the Americana of this carny bullshit, please. Tell me about the time that Gold Dust apparently wanted to get breast implants. Yeah, shit like that, or. Give me if, if you're gonna go Mexico though. Give me the cinder block incident. Like, it's too new right now. Yeah. But give it. I to mean, me. I'm just saying, if they're gonna do the brawl for all, why not give me an episode on Enochiism? Fair. Yeah, Enochiism would be a completely valid episode. Yeah, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. AKA what what they were trying to do, I guess, with Crowd Jewel. <laughs> I hate this. We 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 should move on. We've been talking. Um, now you're just bringing us into the bad place. Why would you do yeah, this? Yeah, out, out of the bad place. Okay, getting the broom out, out of the bad place into it's the it, bad place. It's still bad, but it's like a different type of bad. It's not the wrestling bad. It's just, it's just the world bad. Yeah, it's time to talk about what's the latest updates on how the COVID nineteen situation and the fact that we can't leave our houses has started affecting wrestling mm-hmm. because. Look, shit's kind of fucked up right now, and it is only getting worse, seemingly, because now, uh, earlier today, Governor, uh, what's his fucking name, Rick DeSantis? Yeah, I think it's it. Uh, the governor of Florida basically issued a stay-at-home order today that is in effect for the next 30 days. So, yeah, what that means is, you know, all the shows that are being filmed in Florida and... You know, the surrounding areas, which basically means WWE's whole operation and AEW's whole operation. Now they seemingly can't operate at all. So long last, the time for Ring of Honor's comeback is here. (laughs) I was actually going to say something even more ludicrous than that. And that is, how much time do you get before one of them tries to hijack a boat of some sort, either an aircraft carrier or a cruise ship, and then use it as the head of operations solely for their talent, to sail off the sea for a couple months. It's AEW because they already have access to the boat. Chris Jericho's boat is coming back. Although, hey! I actually totally did think about this, that what if they just get a fucking cruise ship and do wrestling out at sea again? Matt Hardy's Vanguard 100. Although WrestleMania is pirate ship themed... Mm-hmm. What if that's the what if that's the other mystery location is that Vince McMahon has stolen a ship from pirates? Look at me. Look me in the eye. 
I am the captain now. I'm the captain, goddammit. Some good shit, pal. Hey, what are you doing? What are you doing holding the rudder? I'm the one who's uh, control this ship now. How the fuck do you stare at this goddamn thing? Someone hire back Paul Birchall. <laughs> so, basically, here's what this all means, uh, practically speaking. So, over in Vince Land, they apparently have basically everything taped up to uh, SmackDown after Mania. So that basically means the next two weeks of NXT, uh, actually maybe even more NXT than that, considering mm. that they still have to do the, uh, they still gotta have that ladder match, they still have to have the uh, the, the Johnny Gargano match, mm-hmm. they still have a bunch of things that they're gonna do. So, yeah, they, they might have a couple weeks of NXT taped, and then they have all of WrestleMania, uh, this coming SmackDown and then Raw and SmackDown after Mania. Right. But basically what I, you know, the, the stuff that I've been hearing is that they were very much hoping to start maybe doing some shit again after Easter. And that's definitely not happening. So. Nope. I wonder. I wonder sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying, I wonder. I wonder if. I, because I could see either one of the companies going kind of off the wall with what their show is like honestly i can see wwe being like fuck it raw's gonna be navy tuesday night titans and we're just gonna do promos we're just gonna do character building so that and then we're gonna set up a bunch of shit so that SummerSlam and hell i bet you they i know SummerSlam's supposed to be in boston but I bet you they try to move SummerSlam to either a fucking stadium in Boston, or they'll be like, hey, Raymond James Stadium, I know we promised you a WrestleMania, we're going to give you a SummerSlam instead. I... Possible. I mean, I could see them try to, to book the, uh, well, they probably wouldn't be able to book the book the fucking stadium where the, the Patriots play. Gillette Field. Yeah, Gillette. I might have a different thought on that. Like, I could see them moving to like a talk show format in time because they have done this before, and not not just like for Tuesday Night Titans, but also for like when they had that huge freaking snowstorm go through. That mm-hmm. they could do something like that. I could see them honestly doing live podcasts on the air, like with the New Day, with Corey Graves, with people like that talking over stuff backstage type things, except. In a more entertaining format than backstage. Sorry, Owen. I can't believe this is how we get Dan Reichert on Raw. I mean, honestly, I, I yeah, now I can. I can just see, you know, yeah, it's a great idea. We'll just get these guys out here and get them talking for a couple hours. You can have them do like three or four hours of talking. What do you mean? It's a great idea. I can't believe. How does food work? I can't believe WrestleMania is just going to be decided in 50 turns of Mario Party. <laughs> Oh, I can't believe Cesaro is once again our champion. I can't believe Cesaro is now going in the exit of the bathroom. (laughs) It's just going to be League of Legends matches from here on out. Adam Cole versus Cesaro for eternity. And Dakota Kaisamo is now the universal champion. Sure, okay. This is the real (laughs) reason they took the genders off of the titles. (laughs) Meanwhile, over in, 
you know, the the slightly better place. Mm-hmm. So AEW had been taping their, their past two weeks of shows at a Daly's place, you know, the, yep. the amphitheater as part of the Jackson Jacksonville Jaguars complex that uh, that the con zone. They can't use that anymore because not only, you know, is all the, the stuff going on that's in Florida, uh, their parking lot is also currently hosting a uh, coronavirus virus testing center. Which, honestly, this makes sense to me. Like, they already had kind of a quarantine-safe setup in all of Daly's Place for the shows. Like, that was one thing when they had Suge D or Sugar Dunkerton on for AW Dark. He talked about them having, like, different set rooms for testing people, for moving them off into their own established locker rooms. So you could have that for, like, waiting for results or, you know, even just resting doctors and nurses and people like that. There's a lot of good segmentation of that facility they've already had in place for the wrestling. So moving the the wrestling out, it's probably still very useful. The problem is all... uh... All the doctors are either uh, Japanese deathmatch deathmatch legends, or we'll just call you shitty baristas. I mean, I don't Damn. know. I don't know of a dentist that would want to, you know, use rectal thermometers. But uh, you know, Doctor Luther. Well, don't get the guy the third eye for the doctor. Look, he's he was the ECCW champion. Of course, he's going to be into that shit. Of course, he is. Like, it's I'm not denying to... that for one minute. Okay. I know we were talking about the boat thing, but which is the first company to make a tasteless coronavirus-themed gimmick match? Impact. Impact. <laughs> you know it's what? Impact. I can't. I can't. <laughs> can't Wait, argue. no, no. It's it's gonna be something involving Joey Janela at GCW. It could be GCW. I, I mean, could see that. I, I said major company because GCW already did the fucking social distancing match. And yeah. I, it's not going to be, it's not going to be WWE and it's not going to be, um, uh, AEW. It's going to be someone like Impact or even ROH might take a stab at it, but I think That does sound like something Delirious or Bully Ray would try. Mm -hmm, Exactly. They might just completely go tone deaf for a little bit and try something like that just to get anybody watching them again. And then, like, Marty Skrull comes surging through the crowd. Yeah, exactly. And then Marty Skrull will be coming in like, mate, what the fuck? But anyway, Anyways. so now AEW is currently running at a quote-unquote undisclosed location, and there are a couple theories as to where it's at. I know it's where it there. is right now. It's a lot of speculation. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of talk that, hey, maybe it's coming from, uh, maybe they're doing it in Georgia because uh, Cody has a uh, a wrestling school that he has a, that he has a, a portion in. Not currently. There. But, Trace, you have a theory here. I, I have a theory. I pretty much know where it is exactly. If, when I was watching Dynamite, I was kind of looking at where they were positioned and stuff. So it becomes inherently obvious when you start watching even the first match on tonight's Dynamite that the ceiling of the place they're at holds a lot more than just this tiny room they appear to have. It's much bigger than that. And the ceiling would show that they're using maybe like half or a quarter of... Half of, like, the width, maybe, and a quarter of maybe the length or something like that. And then, when Kenny Omega did a spot where he threw somebody past the guardrails, it knocks some floor aside, there's AstroTurf on the damn floor. It's the Jaguars' practice facility. 
Yeah, once so you the one said thing this, I, it made a lot of sense. It's 100%. One thing I say mm-hmm. is I, I did look into this, you know, when you posted this and was looking at some of the pictures. And the roof does – the roof of the Jaguars facility is supposedly, like, 55 feet up. Like, it's mm-hmm. a pretty tall roof, and it definitely looked a lot uh, smaller uh, in in the shots that they had there. Like, the roof looked a lot lower, I feel like. But maybe that's just – Maybe there's different parts of it where mm-hmm. it could be lower than that. In, in I fairness, really, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know anything about it. Yeah, maybe it's not the Jaguars practice facility, but it is definitely a football practice facility. Guaranteed. Like, there is no getting around that because there's AstroTurf on that ground. They tried to cover it up in places, but they kind of screwed up and didn't put enough sheeting down. So if somebody wanted to start poking around, I bet you you could go by uh, uh, Tony Khan's... Uh, Nice little Jaguars field area, and you'd find them all parked around there and all the stuff set set up there in a corner. Yeah, and, and that's the other thing that I was thinking here is that, like, you know, that practice facility is part of the same of part of the same complex. So mm-hmm. Exactly. If they're trying to – it's like I, – I do wonder. It's like, well, if they're trying to be subtle about it and they're trying to not have people know where they are, would they really just do it in basically the exact same place they've been doing it but like i i I thought the problem was is more people were trying to show up to the show and i mean i would bet you the jaguars training facility fans probably realize and there's no way we're getting into that i don't know what their facility's like compared to like other places but yeah it's not usually easy unless it's like an open air facility and that one clearly is not. That's a very private facility. I cannot imagine there's any space for fans unless they will it to be that way. Really, the only training facility that's really easy to access is the uh, Philadelphia Eagles training facility. If you're uh, if you're playing for the Patriots, I mean, that's. <laughs> mm-hmm. You got me there. I was gonna. I was about to like counter, but wait a minute. No, the Detroit Lions also have an open air practice facility of their own that they also do training on, and uh, fans go there regularly to. Oh fuck! You're making a joke about. Okay. The point of all this, though, is to say mm-hmm. that there's some serious issues here, though, because you know. Let's just be honest. Oh, also, before I move on, Owen is is complaining about our being uh, our slagging on backstage. I mean. It, it's fine, I'm sure. I'm just. I'm not saying it's like bad. I'm just saying they're going to try and make stuff more interesting than what backstage can do from time to time. Because let's face it, that show in its current format is not something you could talk about and run through as a replacement for a Raw and SmackDown. You need something more substantial that stands on its own than uh, let's talk about wrestling which would be like a New Day podcast or a talk about your wrestling career stuff like what Corey Graves could do or something yeah, along yeah, those that's, lines. That's what I was saying. A- like, apparently Tuesday this night. week they talked over yeah. Austin Rock from WrestleMania 19. I mean, that's cool. That was like, a That's why I was saying match. Tuesday Night Titans because that was used mm-hmm. for legitimate character development. Right, and I mean, you could totally do something like that um, and it'd be fine. Um, it's just, yeah, it's... I think you'd probably have to adopt the more modern podcast format of, like, two or three people just shooting the breeze for three hours. So us, basically. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Make us the hosts of Monday Night Raw, you cowards. uh, We're not as interesting as New Day to people. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, also, John, if we make you the host of Monday Night Raw, that means you have to, like, actually show up for it every week. (sighs) 
I don't know about John. This was the 90 days all along. <laughs> Perhaps the 90 days were the friends we made along. Oh, fuck that shit. <laughs> but anyway, the point of all this was to say that, mm-hmm. like, yeah, if they were, uh, if, if they're taping in, in Jacksonville still, they can't really do that anymore. And if they are in uh, Georgia, which was the other theory that was going around there, they also can't really do that either because Georgia also issued a stay-at-home order today too. So mm-hmm. yeah. What if what if Tony Khan secretly flew them all to England and they're filming in Fulham Stadium? I mean, Shit. honestly, it would not be right now. It would be out there, but I don't know if it would be that out there a week from now. Especially if you I mean, go hey, there. This is a country whose prime minister is proudly like, I'm shaking hands with every coronavirus patient. Oh, I have coronavirus. <laughs> oh, no. How did this happen, Boris? How could this have been? Oh, it's clearly the fault of them. But, yeah, no, it's... Um, He's just trying I, I, to I can for coronavirus what Diana Junior. did for AIDS. I actually think, in all dead seriousness, and this is very cynical of me, I think they're just going to try and blatantly do it in Jacksonville and say it's an undisclosed location. And at worst, what you'll get is they'll be taping it at times where nobody will be expecting to check in on them. So it's not really live, but they say it is. And that way, nobody's really sure where they are, even though it's blatantly obvious where they are. And they're just going to pull that bullshit until somebody tells them, hey, no, you're really taping there. And we're actually seeing you go in there and tape. Fucking cut it out. Well, the rumor is that apparently AEW, you know, it's similar to what WWE has spent, you know, the past week doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, AEW spent yesterday and today just, like, taping shit like crazy, to trying to build up a back catalog. And, and tonight's episode was definitely not live, so... Yeah, it definitely wasn't, even though they said it was live. And I think they're going to continue to try and push that it's live, especially with letting there be production gaffes all throughout. Can't believe the mayor of Boy, Florida. the production gaffes. Mm-hmm. Can't believe that the mayor of Jacksonville is going to start quoting uh, his favorite Matchbox 20 song when he tells Tony Khan, I said, Tony, it's 3 a.m. You must be taping. Cut it the fuck out. <laughs> God damn you. Wow. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> You know, I thought his bad when New Jack took out Shank out and started hitting Hunter Red like seven times in the back and neck, and here you are with that goddamn reference. This, Trace, yes. is going to be bad for the business. Oh. <laughs> it's going to be real bad for the business. There go our Patreons. Look, <laughs> Suck it, Corny. Look, it's been, it's been a lot of isolation. I'm not saying... It's been. I'm not saying I'm crazy. I'm just saying I'm a little unwell. <laughs> to be honest, I can't really tell. <laughs> you motherfuckers. You goddamn sons of... Okay, Look, so... Th- the world is going real crazy right now, and we've been in a house... For a very long time, I'm. This is like I'm so depressed and just so losing my mind that I just don't even know anymore. So yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, AEW was successful in taping like several weeks of television. Here's a I hot take I bet it's gonna theory. be kind of dicey. It's gonna be dicey, but here's my hot take. I bet you they have the entire Team T Championship tournament filmed right now. 
yeah, I could see it. I bet they have that done. I bet they have a few more matches that are just random. I bet they grabbed every jobber in the region they could that was within driving distance. And they've got them all in singles matches with their talent that could be there. And I feel like, if you know, tonight's episode is any indication, I feel like a lot of those matches, they're going to try and do some fucking longer shit. Mm-hmm. Like, let's say, for example, you know, I guess we're just going to kind of unofficially start playing if I hit this button right here. Mm-hmm. It's AEW, do you care? Yeah, let's go for it. But, but like, yeah, not to not to blow the load too early here on the notes, but, like, you know, the thing that they started with was fucking Kenny Omega fighting Trent for almost 20 minutes. To yeah. almost a time limit draw. And I'm it not probably lie, this match was kind of good. It was a great match. Oh, this match was cool. It had a really, really gnarly spot near the end. It was like Kenny apparently had the spirit of Kota Ibushi in him for a moment and went for his neck. Um but yeah, this Would match was neck? This match was really goddamn cool good for both of them. I thought Trent was gonna go for more Okada influences based on how he started the match off, but he started doing his own style. It was sick. They basically tore down the entire place for a brief time and i feel like the time limit it was almost a bit faked because i think they went two minutes longer than 20 minutes just putting it out there Hmm. i don't know for sure i have to retime myself just to know but i sincerely feel like this was a little bit longer than 20 minutes thing is we don't know how much you know how much time was cut from the commercial break this is also true and that's kind of what I why I'm being a little hesitant to say that, but I was looking at yeah. the time from like I thought the bell rang at like a you know, five oh six my time, and it's like uh, five twenty six or and this is still going. So yeah, I don't know if that's a real thing, but it it wasn't again a great match for kind of shit they've been putting out as of late. Well, it's very neat. I, mm-hmm. I did definitely enjoy it, even though it was, you know, a little strange for, oh, we're just going to do a babyface versus babyface match for some reason. And they tried, like, they, as hard as they could to make the best friends look a little bit heelish during some of this. But, like, you can't do that to Orange Cassidy. He's no. a face. Fucking Orange Cassidy. Yeah. Everybody loves Orange Cassidy. God damn it. But one thing that we definitely skipped here mm-hmm. and that we should come back to is... Yes. Yeah, this is the thing that I was most surprised about than anything, was that they they went right on back to, nope, we're going to have the wrestlers at ringside again. Yep, they sure definitely, did. Definitely not as many this time. Like, no. you know, it was only like, you know, four people at the most on one side. But, like, they, yeah, they went right on back to it. Yeah, it was like a Penelope Ford and Kip Sabian on one side, um, alongside Dr. Britt Baker and Jimmy Havoc just clowning at the camera. The whole time, mm-hmm. which he's awesome. And the other side's like um, Austin Gunn and Billy Gunn. Which, hey. <laughs> and then Gun later. Club. Sure. Yeah, and then later the best friend showed up. I mean, I think they found out that Austin Gunn is really good at being a fan. And, okay, yeah, sure. And it gets some TV time, so eventually when he and uh, Billy get back in the ring and start wrestling as a tag team, they can actually start maybe losing matches and giving them away to people that are a little more experienced. Or, yeah, like I don't know. It's. Win another match and become the number one contenders because they're like right up there right now. They're two zero. It definitely did seem from the little bit that I had seen of Gun Club though that that Austin's pretty green still, so oh, I can yeah. understand them not wanting to like you know actually really give him that much of a push or really like give him no. that much time while he's still definitely training. But 
again, like you said, having him on television, having him be a personality that's just like floating around at the on on the peripheries, even if you don't really see him all that much, it's it's still useful. Mm-hmm. And you get to hear Billy Gunn occasionally make some you know kind of uh, fourth wall breaking comments towards referees and stuff, which is just fantastic. I wish I could remember exactly what he yelled, but it was all good. Hooray! So yeah, we've gone through that. Um, I want to duck back even. Um, while we're kind of hanging back here before the show stuff, um, Cody was the color commentator with Tony Schiavone. Tony Schiavone is phenomenal. I'm just going to say that he's barely lost a beat. I think he's gotten... Up until the ending. Yeah, well. And then he went full on Jim Ross. Yeah, well, I mean... But we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. I'll let you go on him into that. I didn't have as much of a problem with that. Um, Cody is color commentator, though, alongside Tony Schiavone. Cody just doesn't have that kind of verb. He wants to be too pop culture. He wants to be too goofy about it. It just doesn't work for him. And it's weird to say, Cole Cabana's less cornball than he is, even though he's still cornball, and he does it better. Honestly, like, I'm going to be straight up here. I felt that definitely Cody was... I thought he was really weak. Like, did you watch any of uh, any of Dark uh, last last night? Yeah, little bits and pieces. I kind of skimmed through because they're all obviously all squash matches. Um, yeah, but the, what I did here, he's he's not good. He's not like he he just doesn't have the energy that you need. Like he's trying to like he's definitely it, it's he's trying to explain things. Like even just listening mm-hmm. to him talking, like you know, in the Sammy Guevara match that they had mm-hmm. on Dark there. Yeah. Where, like, you know, he's it's like he's trying to put him over, but, like, he's not putting him over in a wrestling way. He's still, like, kind of trying to have it all ways of, like, you know, leaning into his, like, EVP position. But, like, and, like, you know, kind of, it's, it's weirdly breaking the fourth wall in a way that, like, I don't understand. I just had it a dawning. too loose. It just dawned on me as you're talking about this. Cody's kind of like the Dennis Miller of Monday Night Football except on AEW. Oh Jesus! Yeah, that's how it feels now to me. Because he's just—he just doesn't really belong there. He—he'd be fine in any other context, just not this one. Get him the fuck Let out of there. The Tigress and the Euphrates of professional wrestling. There's an Applebee's. Get, give him like two more weeks, and we'll probably start going down that road. Except with BT references instead of Greek shit. Um, but yeah, no, I just—I'm done with Cody. I can't I, wait for his old man reads the news and has Republican opinions podcast. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. But I think they just need to stick Colt Cabana on there. Let him run with it. If they really need to get somebody else on there, give somebody a try who doesn't normally get that shot. Like Chuck Taylor can do commentary. He did it in PWG for years. Um, Give Kip Sabian a try. He talks. He's just boring. Which I just feel would be like, good. I just feel like we've already fucking nailed it. Like, hey, yeah, maybe you should use the guy that did fucking commentary for Ring of Honor. Yeah, exactly. It should be Cole Cabana. Um, so I just wanted to call that out because I think Cody and Kenny, bless their hearts, are trying to tr- fill those gaps. They don't belong there. The man did commentary for the G1 Supercard. Are you saying that you are better than the G1 Supercard? Um, You're better than half of it, definitely. Yeah, I was going to say, like, where do you want me to go on this one? Because the I other th- half, I mean, yeah, I, you know, 
Col- Colt's fine. He's he. I don't have anything bad to say about him. I'm just again. I feel like you could also give it a shot to see if there's like a gem in the rough there. Okay, true. Um, but yeah, so that happened. We talked about Trent and Kenny Omega. That was a great match. Let's keep going down this list, shall we? All right. So here we go back into it's AEW. Do you care? And next up, Hikaru Shida fought Anna J. Do do you care? Fuck no. Who? Yeah, that's my thought. It's like I had to wait. Like I, I was like scared for my goddamn stats for a moment. Like how the fuck do I spell this lady's name? Like there's so many ways you can spell Anna J. And goddamn it. The, and there's a match later on that I'm actually going to be curious about for your stats. Oh, I, as soon as I saw it, I groaned. Um, and but yeah, no, uh, Cheetah obviously won, and then Britt Baker trolled the shit out of her by eating like sandwiches and threatening her shoes or whatever. Um, but moving on, there was a big long promo on Jake Hager and John Moxley's feud. Do you care? Not really. No. They're gonna feud. It's that's all there is, and they're trying to make Jake Hager look dangerous, even though he's gonna lose. Wait. Which was I mean, it good? They, was they it at least did. A, was it at least a good video package? Yeah, it was a decent video package. I mean, they really sold the idea that Jake Hager can choke somebody out very quickly. So I, I thought that was fine, but it ran way too long. It was clearly there to stretch time out. Did they use any Bellator footage? Yes. Okay. Including um, one uh, Mike Goldberg screaming "It is all over" as Jake Hager won. Okay. So, yeah, they totally utilized it to show that he is dangerous. Well, good on them for leaning into that, for, like, you know, leaning into the thing that they really should be leaning into, I guess. Yep. Next up, Lance Archer fought Marco Stunt. Do you care? I do care. Yes, I absolutely care. You should. This match was way better than it should have been when you looked at the mismatch. It was actually... and. Not to say Marco Stunt looked like he was going to win at any point. He didn't. But he looked like a million bucks fighting Lance Archer. And Lance Archer looked goddamn amazing here. And I'm a little biased. Because, number one, Jake Roberts gave him a great promo beforehand. Yeah, tell me more about this promo. So basically, it was a case of... I'm trying to remember what Jake Roberts was saying. It just kind of flowed out, just talking about how... He is going to destroy anybody you throw at him. This is going to be all your fault, Cody. And you won't face my guy still. You don't have the guts to show up in front of him. I guess that's probably why Brandy wears the pants in your family. Oh. And, you know, a little stuff like that. But he, and he puts over Lance Archer like this monster. I'm always talking about him. They're giving these great shots of Lance Archer's jacket with all his logos and emblems and stuff. And him, like, posing and screaming, he looks murderous as they're building him up. And Jake's, again, I cannot do his talk justice. It's fantastic. Um, they make Lance Archer look legitimately dangerous before he even steps in the ring. Jake and Roberts then, is real good. Oh, he's so good. He is fantastic. You and, forget sometimes how good Jake Roberts was. Or he fucking still is. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like you forget that he really was one of the best promo guys out there, and mm-hmm. he's a Hall of Famer, and you still forget that. And then you hear him talk like this, talking. Oh, one of the things he was talking about was like, you know, we're not about gambling. 
you know, this is not a case of us gambling on Lance Archer. Gam- gambling is a case where there is one side that is a gambler and the other side is the house. And we are the house because we know how this goes out. We will make our ends work. We will get, we will not lose money on this. We know we are going to come out on top. Basically, essentially to that extent. And just he twists stuff like that in ways that's just fucking innovative. I love it. You want to play 21? Well, I got a murder hawk. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of... I thought he was going to go in that direction. He twists it around into something even more, like, immediately uh, contextual and sensical. And, yeah, it, Jake Roberts is fantastic. And then, Lance Archer starts to come out, and, weirdly enough, I'm looking at the video screen, it's like, that's a countdown, like his old music. His old music plays from New Japan. He owns the rights to it. Are you saying that Lance Archer can fly? <laughs> what? I want that mashup. <laughs> I mean, you know. I mean, he maybe. is a murder hawk. It was a conceptual joke about using the correct music. Yeah, music. no, I, I know. got it. I know what you're going for, but it's like, wait, wait, why are you bringing Yuka into this? Don't bring our daughter anywhere near Lance Archer, you motherfucker. Um, Make them the ultimate power couple. Do it, cowards. Honest, actually, I'd be I okay. I'd be see... okay with that. Watashiwa, Master Blaster! The murder um, man and his pop magical girl princess. Don't talk to me and my daughter ever again! Um, yeah, it'd be cool, but... No, he's, he's got that music. I thought it was New Japan design, um, written and performed. It apparently isn't. Apparently not. And he came out to it, which is great because it's really good at getting across the fact that he is just this relentless, murderous bastard. And he found somebody to throw a punch at on his way to the ring, which is great. Um, yeah. This is Lance Archer in the form that we saw in the G1 last year. Fuck it's yes. It's really good. He beat the shit out of Marco Stunt, threw him around, did like a suplex where he pushed him out of the suplex and launched him into the corner. It was kind of like a release suplex except with a launch. Just amazing. Um, beat him with Blackout, so that's going to be his finisher in AEW. So no EBD claw, which is probably for the best. Um, as much as that claw was fun in uh, New Japan. And then afterwards... Decided he wasn't done with Marco and uh, basically threw him into the crowd. Hooray! And by, I can't remember, was it a powerbomb or a suplex? I don't know, it doesn't matter. He, he got the chucked. Here, he chokeslammed him. Oh yeah, he is right. He chokeslammed him, lifted him, and then launched him into the crowd and into the guns. So, that was, it was great. And they took their time to show a bunch of doctors attending to Marco as he staggered as hell afterwards as... Lance Archer continues running around and yelling at people, including Colt, because that's the first round matchup for the TNT title, uh, Colt versus Lance Archer. Colt Cabana's going to die. Colt's going to die. Colt's going to die. There's no way around that. He's not winning that match. Wait. He's on a winning streak, though. Man. He is, but... I just realized that this means that the fucking... There's no way that the final of this isn't going to be Cody Lance Archer. It's going to be that. It's going to be Cody facing his former demons. It's going to be... Him going up against John Spears first round, then Darby Allen, and then Lance Archer. Then Lance Archer's like, sup, Caesar. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Caesar, my Caesar. What God else happened, Trace? So, going down the list some more, 
the exalted one had another video. Do you care? I don't want to yes. say I care, but I'm I'm still interested. I'll wrap I'll keep it concise then. So he's in a boardroom. Okay. He's surrounded by creepers. Okay. He's uh as he's being introduced, he wants to make sure they don't call him Exalted One, they don't call him Mr. Lee, he's Mr. Brody to them. Okay. And when they screwed it up, he yells at them. Um, he tells one of them to, after talking about how in this time and age, you kind of, you know, you need to look to groups like ours. You need to think about these things. Stand up and tell them about us. And as this guy does and screws up his name, he raises his hand and says, we are one. And, you know, like it was gravitas. Um, Mr. Brody throws a glass at the wall and says, no, you say it with, we are one! And say it properly. And it throws him out of the room. Then someone else yawns. And he goes McMahon on them. Just, you don't yawn. Did you have any family issues? Because if you, unless you have family issues, you shouldn't be yawning here. Because that's a sign of weakness. So, yeah. Is this good? I, uh, I I hated this less than the meat thing from last week. Um, this is. I, I will say there's a part of me that appreciates the fact that this spooky cult just does all their meetings in what looks like a fucking boring ass convention or a conference room, I almost mean, as if they're based on Scientology. Yeah, as if they're based on an actual organization that does it like that. I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. They're completely original. I mean, for the sake of not being stalked for the rest of my life, I'll agree with you. Whom is Brody Lee going to throw in the volcano like Xenu? Um, no hey. one, because this is not at all related to any real legitimate religions. Kazuya Mishima. Yeah, so I was, you could have just made it easy. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. So right after this video package, the Natural Nightmares fought... Eight and nine. Do you care? Who the fuck? <laughs> this is the thing that I was going to ask you. Okay, so, so this is going to require a little bit of explanation, yeah. Um, eight and nine are creepers. Okay. They were introduced entirely just as eight and nine as part of the Dark Order. They had came out to the Dark Order music. They had no other details given about them. We weren't even told which one was 8 and 9, so the commentators and myself just assumed the thick one was 8 and the tiny one was 9. Um, sure, okay. And then the Natural Nightmares came out and beat them, and in the process, QT also took the mask he was giving. He was given um, last week, I think it was during Dynamite. I can't remember if it was that or Dark, but regardless... I believe it was Dark. It was, Okay. He was given no, a mask. No, it was it was dynamite, right? Oh, right, because he faced off against Brody Lee. That's right. Yeah, it was um, after he lost to Brody. Yeah, so he threw the mask in the faces of eight nine and beat the crap out of them. They won the match. Natural Nightmares actually got another win, and basically rejected um, the Dark Order. Which, for the record of stats, I'm not putting a loss on the Dark Order tag team themselves. This is a completely separate tag team known as Eight and Nine. Yes, they are part of the Dark Order faction. But they would only factor in if they ever became part of a trios, which would never happen because, like, 
Evil Uno and Stu Grayson are going to take one of the Beaver Boys if they ever do a trios match. So, it's its own separate thing. We're not going to count it against any other person of the Dark Order at this point. It's just, now there's a weird wrestler called 8 and a weird wrestler called 9 on my roster of all the people who have ever fought in AEW. Will they ever be seen again? Probably not, because after the match, the Exalted One came out, stared down Dustin Rhodes, then entered the ring, and basically gave the stiffest power bomb I've seen in quite some time to Nine. It, you could have told me that the ring was actually going to give away and you know open a hole and swallow up Nine, and I would have believed you. Literal Christian hell, y'all! Yep, exactly. And then eight, eight attended to him, but like we'll probably never see either of these two again. And if we do, we'll probably see them under different numbers. Fair enough. So, yeah, that's weird, but I guess that's what they can do with the Dark Order when they just need to recycle some of the jobbers they brought out. I Anyways. Yeah, I, I don't hate it either. It's just, fuck, I can't do anything with that stats-wise. Um, also, next segment... Vanguard 1 stalked Chris Jericho. Do you care? I do care, but before we talk about that, did you see the video that Matt Hardy posted on his YouTube a couple days ago? I did. Matt Hardy guffaws at Chris Jericho. I did not, but was this about the explanation about how he teleported? They, They had Matt Hardy explain how he was able to teleport on fucking Dynamite last week. As it turns out, it's just as simple as like what happens when there's ghosts in Scooby-Doo. It was just Vanguard 1 was controlling an army of other Vanguard drones that were all casting fucking holograms. That's right, Fred. With this candle and Vanguard 1's hologram projections, you can simulate a ghost teleporting around the entire arena. The fact that Matt Hardy made a 45-second video that was just him sitting at his table laughing at a bunch of drones. Mm-hmm. Wrestling is the stupidest fucking thing ever, and I love it so much. Well, hold on to your hats then, John, because this kind of ups the ante on the stupid. All right, let's fucking go. So Chris Jericho's cutting a promo about, like, just how April Fool's Day is a tribute to the elite, From just like Martin... What do you say? From a hot tub. Yeah, from a hot tub, which, you know, he does his usual thing. He pours a glass of a little bit of the bubbly and then sets down the glass and starts drinking from the bottle. Um, and he, you know, talks about April Fool's Day. Yep, that's great day for Elite, just like Martin Luther King Jr. Day is great for Martin Luther King Jr., blah, 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 blah. And it's talking shit about, you know, when blood and guts happens again, when I will and allow people to enter the arena again, we're going to have that match and I'm going to destroy y'all. Vanguard run one I'm really glad I didn't sell my ticket for the Newark show because I believe that they might actually fucking do it. They might. They might. Honestly, don't. at this point, they might have no other option. They could. That, that could be it. Don't sell your damn ticket yet. I'm glad Ticketmaster wouldn't give me the option to sell. <laughs> so, Vanguard 1 lowers itself down. Chris Jericho recognizes it. He rises out of the hot tub. He's... He's now shown to be wearing jeans inside of a hot tub. Uh, Shirtless and jeans, yes. Still hilarious. And then he says, Vanguard 1, I knew you'd come. And goes into a whole spiel about how he wants Vanguard 1 to reconsider the offer to join the Inner Circle. 
yes, he's still on this bullshit. And he even made a tiny t-shirt for Vanguard 1, which makes no goddamn sense because drones can't wear t-shirts, especially ones with armholes and a waist hole. They also can't smoke mechanical cigars, but it didn't stop him from offering it to Vanguard 1. It's true. So, Or hot drone models. Mm-hmm. As well. And so he takes out this... I we've t- established this week about the fuckability of uh, androids. <laughs> I, I can't even with this. I will Tune say... I'd rather not over at ZoneCast.com this Friday. I, I can't even. I will say he hangs the t-shirt on Vanguard 1. Vanguard 1 starts to fly away. He's like, don't you refuse my offer, you son of a bitch. That does it. Release the hounds! And despite the fact that this is a flying drone, like five or six dogs come running out of his mansion and start charging at Vanguard Run, trying to leap at it. All clearly missing because they're not dogs that are meant for jumping, and they're just barking at a drone as it flies away. That sounds like some good doggos, though. They, they were all very good doggos, and they made sure to show off every one of them, including, like, the more, disinter- the more disinterested chihuahuas that were trailing behind by quite a long ways. <laughs> it, this was a stupid, absolutely moronic, idiotic segment. Still pretty good. So, so basically everything involving Matt Hardy. Yeah, exactly. This is still doubling down on that bullshit. In kind of letting Jericho riff with it. And if, I don't know, if Jericho's having fun with it, I guess let them go on with this. Especially because it's not like they're going to be doing anything better for a while. So yeah, that's uh, Vanguard 1 and Chris and, Jericho. And look, I mean, mm-hmm. let's be honest. This is yeah. what this is what we, a lot of us have wanted for a very long time. Of, let's well, get fucking Broken Matt on an actual large fucking platform where he can just do his fucking weird magic and just like not be having to do, you know, just be free to do his weird nonsense on like a big platform, like nationally televised platform. Now he's getting to do it. And I don't know. I'm still in. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's good overall. It's, it's fun in regarding, you know, if again, I've made it clear that, his stuff doesn't work as well on me, but for all the people it does work on, they should be very happy with what they're seeing. I'm definitely enjoying it a lot more than I ultimately enjoyed the Ultimate Deletion. Yeah, that's... I will say that's not too hard, because the Ultimate Deletion really, really shit the bed. I I don't think the Ultimate Deletion was that bad. I feel like it was just mostly, you know... It felt very much like... We're doing the greatest hits for the WWE audience because presumably they haven't seen it necessarily. But yeah. it's still just a lot of it's still just a lot of a lot of fucking callbacks to to final and deleted K and, and total nonstop deletion, but none of them is good. No, not at all. So yeah, I'm hoping they just as long as they don't go back to that stuff or go back to that well and just try new weird shit, I'm cool. Speaking of new weird shit. But also not. But also kind of not because we've been seeing them and we're going to see more of them next week. Sammy Guevara and Sean Spears teamed up to face Darby Allen and Cody. Do you care? Yeah, I care. Okay. It was actually a, a, a fun match. 
I will say. I won't say it was a good match, but it was fun as hell. Yeah, I thought it was decent. These these two teams brawled like hell. We had a moment in it. I'll just call it the three favorite spots I had here. We had Sammy Guevara and Sean Spears gambling in their own corner, throwing down money on how Over, long they could hold yep. up Darby Allen for a stall suplex. suplex. Yep. Only for Sean Spears to lose all his money when Darby reversed out of it, his attempt twice along uh, Sammy Guevara long enough to uh, stuff all the money in his pants and somehow be okay with that for the rest of the match. Because, you know, they start gambling, and mm-hmm. uh, basically what happens is fucking Sean Spears is like, all right, I could do one longer than you. So he does one for 10 seconds, then Darby does one for 15, and mm-hmm. so he's like, all right, no, I'm all in, double or nothing, that I can do 20 seconds. Yep. And, and then, he couldn't do 20 seconds, whoopsies. He couldn't do three seconds after that, because it got countered immediately. Like, Darby had... Stalling suplexes don't hurt a person anymore. They just drain the blood to the head. Um, then we also had you know moments where there was a good amount of cheating, like uh, Cody gets thrown into the heel section of the crowd, which leads to a moment where Britt Baker is both smirking at the camera and beating Cody with her shoe. It's just gleefully showing her shoe off to the camera. Yeah, it's like this is the shoe I'm using. Thwap, 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 thwap. It. It is stupid and yet amazing. And it was also like a nice little bit of callback, too, because, you know, hey, it makes a lot of sense that Jimmy Havoc would be in the audience beating the piss out of Cody. He's still pissed off about last week. He sure is. And, yeah, so that works out well. Um, And to the credit, there are also some good shenanigans between uh, Sammy Guevara and Brandy Rhodes, where Sammy Guevara is trying to vlog about... um, trying to kiss Brandy Rhodes. And Brandy uses his moment to pull a Marco stunt and steal Sammy's camera and run off with it for her own blog. Hooray! So, fun stuff. Just a lot of goofiness around an otherwise pretty solid match, including a moment where Darby Allen climbed one of the poles at this uh, not-a-training facility and launched himself into a coffin drop that basically crushed everybody else. It just... Really, really good shit. As you do. And so, some some interference and uh, miscues at the junction cause Cody and Darby to have some issues. Uh, Sean Spears tries to bring a chair in. Um, the distraction leads to a roll-up pin where Sean Spears gets Darby Allen for three. Sure and then did. afterwards, they're going to fight probably in the second round, but who knows? Darby Allen shows his displeasure with Cody and shoves him aside, walks away. They both kind of go their separate ways. That's the night. But this also, is... while mm-hmm. all this is happening, Tony Schiavone is just fucking up the entire thing. I didn't hear so much of this because I think I toned him out at this point. Or tuned him out, rather. He literally says, oh, man! Like, you know, the the thing happens where Darby pushes or, or punches Cody uh, mm-hmm. and he's, he says oh man Sammy Guevara punched Cody oh I didn't hear that at all I wasn't paying enough attention and then Colt's trying to correct him to be like you know no no it's Darby Allen it's it's Darby Allen who's trying who punched him I mean you know I can't believe th- that he's like oh yeah well you know these two are gonna fight next week it's like no uh. 
Yeah. Tony kind of... It, it definitely seemed at a point like Colt, Colt was trying to correct him. He's like, no! And then Colt just gave up. It was mm-hmm. just trying to move on and be like, yeah, well, you know, Sammy Guevara and Cody are going to fight next week. And then, well, maybe Darby's going to have to fight Cody, too, if he can win. Yep. And, I mean, we know where this is going. Like, it's going to be Cody's attempt at redemption because this is the one title he can win. And he's not going to. To quote The Simpsons when it comes to this, he's right, but you shouldn't say it. Yeah. Yeah. But that's Dynamite. It was, honestly, a decent episode, all things said. I really can't believe they fucking kept that in. I, yeah. I, there's a lot of weird stuff near the end. It was live. They had I, no way... I think that's the reason why they didn't do any live wire cuts or anything like that is because they wanted to give the impression that it was still live and so they were still doing their usual stammering over stuff. But otherwise, yeah, this is definitely not live. Yeah, like, we all know. Like, you don't Mm -hmm. have to try and trick us. It's fine. Just, Mm -hmm. I would much rather have, like, a tightly edited, perfectly good show that, like, you know, is fucking like really good than something that you try to pretend is live and just like let it be fucked up yep i yeah i i feel like we're gonna have learn for sure over the next week or two just how far they're willing to go down this illusion that they're live to uh try and convince us and i get the feeling that there's gonna be some real odd stuff showing up some inconsistencies we're all gonna point out and they're going to use their best to... Cody's entrance is going to feature him holding a folded-up green screen that they will then put today's newspaper on. (laughs) Uh, Did you hear the news? The coronavirus is still around. This is going to be a strange few weeks of Dynamite. I do just want to call out, though, speaking of edits, just before... Just before this is all done, mm-hmm. um, at the very beginning, Tony or uh, Tony Schiavone was going through the brackets for the thing, and it had the world's fucking most M- Mr. Black esque ADR. When it's just like the bracket was revealed tonight on dark. <laughs> yeah, I I wonder what he originally said there. Probably dynamite. Probably, but like, if you're going to let every other gaff stay in there, why did you edit that one? Because I would wager that they had originally intended for it to be on dynamite. Mm-hmm. Maybe I. I don't know. This is. It's going to be all be weird, and I'm willing to give them a little bit of rope in this regard because. Yeah, there's going to be weirder shit to worry about. Like, where are they in the world right now that they're able to get away from these regulations of stay at home? Can't believe they're filming from Riho's Pizzeria. I can. I can. That base seems like Little Saint James Island might be the only place where you can actually record this shit now. I can't believe that's actually Jeff- where Kenny lives. Jeffrey Epstein. Didn't I can. Himself <laughs> because he faked his death to produce episodes of Dynamite. No. No, we're done. This is this has to end now. This is over. 
I can't believe Kenny's faking a neck injury so that he can get away with the crimes. Y'all, the world's real weird right now. Like, let's talk about what's going on this weekend. Fucking WrestleMania is happening on Saturday and Sunday. What the shit? Sure is. It sure doesn't feel like it. I don't know. I mean, I already wasn't paying much attention to WrestleMania. Now it just feels like it's going to come and go. And that's it. And I I feel like I just want the spoilers to happen already. I feel like this is going to be a train wreck, which kind of makes me a little bit interested. But I still also feel like I'm probably just going to cancel my network subscription again right after I watch both nights. I mean, you don't have to cancel. It's fucking free already. So... I'm just going to put this out there a little bit unrelated, but this morning when I was like, or last night, I guess, I was up late and I heard a buzz on my phone and looked over and it's like, New Japan's billed you for this month's uh, subscription. I'm like, shit, why did they cancel that? <laughs> shit. You got nine bucks out of me, you sons of bitches. They did it again. Uh, I, If they prolong it any longer, I actually probably do need to cancel that, save some money. Yeah, Look, really. in this... In these times, you have to support small businesses like New Japan Pro Wrestling. I don't know. What are they doing on Twitch for me? Well, here's the thing, Oscar. Is that a good small business that you could support is ProWrestling.cool. Because if you go over to Patreon.cool and give us $5, you'll get all of our exclusive Patreon podcasts that we do. Like our reviews of pay-per-views. And we're going to review both nights of WrestleMania, Owen and I. Oh, when you said we, I got real worried that you were fucking going to drag me into this. I mean, do you want to be dragged into this, Oscar? I mean, I kind of have nothing better to do. We could also talk about Drag Race if you want. I would much rather talk about Drag Race. It's getting better! I don't know if I'd go that far, but, you know, last week's episode was decent. It's almost a good season. The, the right person got cut, finally. It's true. Still think that they're fucking sparing Aiden for some reason. Again, you leave my you leave my cute southern boy alone. I wasn't fucking with your cute southern boy. You could have Crystal Method. I want them both. <laughs> Aiden Zane needs to learn how to do makeup that doesn't just look like fucking Betty Page. Yeah, no, I, I mean, yeah, Aiden Zane, but Aiden Zane was totally fine in, I thought Aiden Zane was good in the challenge. I did not like Aiden Zane in the challenge in that stupid accent. I also, I'm sad to see Nikki go. I liked her, but also she would have had a real bad snatch game. Oh, she would have been awful. Anyway, none of this matters. The point is... Go to Patreon.cool, give us $5, you'll get our WrestleMania review. It'll be great. And then, Monday, uh, we're going to have Heel Turn After Mania, and then, I don't know. Like, actually, we're, we might be taking a break from Heel Turn for a while. Honestly, yeah. It's, uh... And like, also, I guess, what's yeah, the sta- I... I guess we'll find out the status of Heel Alternative, too. I mean, that's the thing, is that, like, we'll we'll definitely be back next week because they're going to have another Dynamite, and 
since it seems like they might have a bunch of shit recorded until fucking, you know, this tournament was supposed to go until double or nothing. So if they've recorded all of this, that would mean that they've pretty much recorded everything up until, let's say, like, May. Mm -hmm. True. Who knows, though? Like, who can really fucking say what's happening? Because this whole thing just is such a fucking nightmare. But... Hey, I guess so long as there's still dynamite, there's still heal alternative? Yep. And you know what, John? When there ceases to be heal alternative, I have found myself a uh, separate occupation. Oh, I'm just going to start playing American Truck Simulator and doing my own thing. It's the new the new hotness is just driving trucks around the entire country and I'll just do that and I'll be fine. We'll be all great. I you can't know, believe you took Braun's advice. To quote yes. Tim McGraw, truck, yeah. I, I want to take the stuff off, but I'm going to leave it on for my stream later on. Oscar, I feel angry that I even am going to ask this after you saying that, but <laughs> where can we find you? Find me on Twitter at Asagi the Great, twitch.tv slash Asagi the Great, Instagram Asagi the Great, PayPal, ENG.1966 at yahoo.ca. Pay the man. Pay the man. Trace, Trace where can we, can we find you? Find you? You can find me on Twitter at PSEG. Don't ask me about your goddamn power. I don't care if you did something cool with a soup kitchen or something like that. That's nice. You don't need to tag me on that. I ain't going to do shit about it. Um, I got like 100 retweets and likes on it. Somebody did some good stuff with doctors or something. I mean, nice on them. I appreciate that. I don't need to know. Like, y'all do your good shit out there. Also, I'm on twitch.tv slash peaceegg, P-E-A-C-E-G-G. Um, I've been doing speedruns. After this stream, I literally am going to log on the Twitch and play some American Truck Simulator for a while. Probably not with these sunglasses that I'm wearing right now. But who knows? The world is crazy. And so am I. Hooray! And I've been your host, John Kevrex Maxwell. You can find me a whole myriad of places on the internet, including... Twitter at I am John GM, Instagram and I am John GM, Twitch at video underscore shames. I might actually do some streaming this weekend. I was thinking about that. Uh, I don't know some other stuff. Venmo at I am John. Pay the man. Give me money. I don't know. Give him money. You should probably give the money to the Patreon. It's Patreon cool. But give me money too. Give us all money. We all deserve money. It's us. We're. The I'm just money. gonna pay it forward to people because like I. Like, yo, I, I, I've already made way too much, an uncomfortable amount of money of my Twitch stream now, so. And hey, of course, if you like all the stuff that we're doing here, as we said, Patreon.cool, you can sponsor us and all this stuff. You get a whole bunch of bonuses depending on how much money you give us. It's all great and everything. And of course, if you want more content like this, you can check us out every day over at ProWrestling.cool. It's not just cool, it's dot cool. This has been episode 24 of Heel Alternative Pro Wrestling.cool's Posse Podcast on the world of professional wrestling. I guess we'll be back next week because fucking wrestling will keep going, unfortunately. Nobody listened to David Starr, so we have to do this still. 
I can't believe that next week is going to be our fucking silver anniversary. What the hell? Ah, shit. What a way to get to 25 episodes. I can't believe we've caused a downturn of society like this. No, don't be, don't be crazy, Trace. We all know that that was the idiot's guide to New Japan. You know? Yeah, I'm going to pin that one on y'all. What the fuck? Until next week! I can't believe Gato hated the idiot's guide so much he created coronavirus to stop it from happening again. I can't believe Chris Jericho willed it into existence by somehow trying to outdo Will Ospreay and failing and yet somehow succeeding at the same time. Maybe the Chris Jericho versus Will Ospreay was the coronavirus we made along the way. (laughs) The real hidden blade was the coronavirus. Now I believe that. Y'all come back now you're here.
This podcast was brought to you by the Zonecast Network, executive produced by Owen Douglas. Visit zonecast.com for more shows.